All right, this is the popular vote with Melissa and James. It is Sunday, September 6th, 2020. Happy Labor Day, Melissa. Happy Labor Day. How are you? I'm amazing. I Unfortunately, I'm not wearing white right now, but I should be because, you know, after this weekend, it's over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I just want to take a, ta- a, brief, a brief moment to introduce this episode in honor of it kind of being the official start of the fall campaign. We have a I've jokingly referred to them as a super secret special celebrity guest co-host, but we have the iconic, we have our local state senator here in Indianapolis, J.D. Ford here today. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be with you. Absolutely. Happy to talk about pop culture, maybe a dash of politics, but really excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. stuff for me to talk about. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well... Um, In honor of our special guest star co-host today, we're going to start off with talking about the upcoming cast of the season of Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Melissa? (laughs) Where do I start? Okay, first of all, did you know this is the 29th season of Dancing with the Stars? 29th. And I I have never watched a single episode, a single season of the show but I might watch this upcoming season because the casting for this um, season is just insane. It's Carol Baskin, who I think it's safe to say she's going to definitely kill it on this show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I, I am dying. I hope that they can somehow get a shot of Joe exotic in prison, watching Carol Baskin, like come out on stage for the first time and just get his reaction. Um, But I think I'm most excited about Carol Baskin. I'm also super excited about Monica from cheer. I mean, she's, she was a cheerleader, so she has some moves one would assume. So I think she's going to totally nail it. Um, And then I'm actually not very excited about Nelly because I thought that he has been like accused of sexual assault multiple times. So I'm not exactly sure why he's on this show, but that's like those, those are the two I'm most excited about, but I'm eager to hear both of your thoughts on that casting. Perfect. So JD, have you ever watched a season of Dancing with the Stars? And don't hold back. No, I'm with you, Melissa. <laughs> I have never seen an episode or any of the seasons. So, Well, full disclosure, I did watch one season of Dancing with the Stars. I watched the season that had Nancy Grace that oh had my her God. not only farting on accident, allegedly, and the infamous nip slip episode. Had her, had Rob Kardashian, and also had Ricky Lake. And Ricky Lake made it to the final three, and she was my girl. Wow. She did not win. Um, yeah. I think, I don't remember who won, but Ricky Lake was like my girl to go all the way, because I love a Ricky Lake. Oh, so, yeah. But this season also has some other iconic people. Carol Baskin, obviously, incredibly iconic, incredibly 2020, um, but also has... Um, Former Ellen DeGeneres' former girlfriend and actress. And I use that term loosely because I don't know if she's still acting. Anne Heche. Yeah. Whatever happened to Anne Heche? Do you remember Anne Heche? Barely. So she, and I'm not trying to be funny here because like mental illness is a, mental health is a serious concern, but I know she referred to herself as Celestia for a period of time. So I don't know if she'll maybe perform as Celestia one night. I don't know. But um, AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys is apparently going to be on this season. I saw that. Uh, Justina Machado, a.k.a. Vanessa Diaz from Six Feet Under, is going to be on this cast. Um, you mentioned Nelly. Nev Schulman, who I thought was canceled. Nev was the new. Yeah. He was the co-host of MTV's Catfish, which, do you like Catfish, Jamie? I do. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I love Catfish. 
Um, Chriselle Staus from Selling Sunset and mm -hmm. is the boy or no ex soon to be ex wife of Justin Hartley who's on This Is Us. Yes. Johnny Weir, who I'm sure is going to bring the drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's going to bring the drama. And then Jesse Metcalf, who I have not heard of in years, but he was like the hunky gardener on Desperate Housewives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. So those people I'm all excited for, but I'm of those three of those people, definitely Carol Baskin, definitely Anne Hayes. <laughs> and I'd say... Johnny Weir, because I think he'll bring the drama. How about you? Anyone? I think when I saw Carol Baskin um, as you know the the headliner to the show, <laughs> I was like, okay, I have to watch now. I mean, to be honest with you, I got sucked into the whole Tiger King reality, mm. and I I avoided it at all cost. And I tried one episode, and I was like, okay, I'm sold. You're all in. I'm all in. So, <laughs> Carol, I hope you win. <laughs> and. And also, Tara, uh, Tyra Banks is now the host of Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Um, love it. All about it. I hope that because Tyra Banks is on it, I hope she does a couple things. One, I hope that she incorporates Tyra Mail or the concept of Tyra Mail somehow. <laughs> and two, I hope that she brings back the photo, you know, to show who's going to be safe and not safe. I hope one episode she goes, I have in my hands the one photo of the girl <laughs> who will be going on in the next episode and the next round. And this photo, and remember she would just go on yeah. and on and on. Mm -hmm. So I hope she does that. I hope she has a moment where she's like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like if Carol Baskin ends up in the bottom two, I hope Tyra gives her a little tough love. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, Joe is so mad. Oh yeah. He, he like you said, Melissa, he, that should be him out what if she danced to one of Joe Exotic's songs? Oh, even, that would be too better. good. Plot yeah. twist. Yeah. Plot twist. So I did want to touch on, has anyone else seen, I watched on HBO Max this past week. I'm, first of all, I'm a huge brand ambassador for HBO Max. I'm not sponsored, but I should be. Um, did anyone else, has anyone else seen Richard Jewell? Clint Eastwood directed it. It's got Kathy Bay, Sam Rockwell, and a couple other really good people in it. No. I have not seen it. So it's all about, I definitely recommend it. It's on... HBO Max, again, not sponsored, should be. But it's all about the 1996 Centennial Park bombing mm -hmm. and how Richard Jewell was the individual who, um, he was the individual who was like falsely accused yeah, of perpetuating that. the bombing because he was like a security guard. I don't want to say rent-a-cop because that's a derogatory term, but basically a rent-a-cop for the 96 games, which of course you would need that sort of rental security for you know an international event like that in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. So, but it, it it goes over the whole investigation over the the two months, and it's really good. I definitely recommend it. Kathy Bates plays Richard Jewell's mom, who's fantastic, and fun fun local um, story that kind of connects to Carmel, Indiana, is that I went on Richard Jewell's Wikipedia page afterwards. He has one. Okay. He has a Wikipedia page because okay. he was falsely accused, but he really was the hero in the story because he found the bomb. And basically he was able to save a lot of lives, even though people did die and get injured by, they created a perimeter, but there wasn't enough time before the bomb went mm. off to get the perimeter out to where it needed to be to keep people safe from the bomb. But anyways, but he has a Carmel, Indiana connection because, <clears throat> and for those of you who don't know, our special guest represents the Senate district, correct me if I'm wrong, that's basically like a portion of, a good chunk of Carmel. Yes. And a good chunk of Zionsville. Yep. And then mostly the west side of Indianapolis. That's correct. correct. Yep. Perfect. So in 2000 or 2001, 
Richard Jewell, the theme for the 4th of July Carmel Fest, Carmel Fest parade, correct? Yeah. The iconic Carmel Fest yep. parade. Yeah. 50,000 people attend that parade. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, to quote Vice President Joe Biden, it's a BFD. It's a big <laughs> deal. So, but anyways, he was the MC for the Carmel Fest parade, MC or Grand Marshal or something because the theme was Unsung Heroes, which is really cool oh, that Carmel that is, did that. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it's a Clint Eastwood directed movie. So, it's fun, but it's also over the top and ridiculous. But I definitely recommend it, and I just wanted to to share that. You know, when you when you find a good movie, you always want to share it. Did they get into like how like his life really was ruined? Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, and he sued several media agencies because Tom Brokaw went on um, the Today Show or NBC News and said like they think they've got him. It's Richard Jewell. Like basically threw him under the bus. Yeah. He sued the Atlanta Journal Constitution. He sued. They sued the FBI, but I. I don't know if they were successful there, but he made a pretty penny because they really did ruin his life mm -hmm. uh, by the, by the accusation. And yeah, I mean, you definitely, I mean, I can understand knowing all the facts and what happened and watching it. You can see why he would have been considered a suspect, but to, to have that information leaked to the press was prematurely before all the stuff was done. The sure. investigation is, is incredibly uh, terrible. So and anyways, when did, just wanted to share it. Yeah. When did that movie come out? Uh, I think la it happened. It came out in late 2019, so oh, okay. 10 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's like anytime you know someone goes, "Oh, it happened last year," and I'm like, "Well, it might have been what last decade." Yeah, you know, it might have been. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like, "Oh yeah, when Bill Clinton was president." You know, it was it was last year. You know, I mean, really. So, <laughs> oh gosh. So, anyway, something fun to stream. Speaking of something fun to stream, there is, and Melissa, I know you know about this, there's an upcoming Netflix deal special that's been inked with um, our favorite ex-royal couple, Meghan and Harry. What do you know about it? Um, well, it was a very vague press release. And so my my actual theory is that nothing has been signed, but Meghan Markle leaked this story to the press to apply pressure to Netflix to actually like make it happen. Um, <laughs> allegedly, like it's just a theory, allegedly. Um, but I do hope it happens because I would love to see some original programming from Meghan Markle and Prince Harry on Netflix. Personally, I would love to see um like some fun documentaries about you know the queen um kensington palace um i really want all of the tea but i'm also willing to accept other types of programming from megan and markle from megan markle i'd love to see like a cooking show you know um i love to see some like fun children's programming with archie um i i don't know i think they have they have an interesting point of view i think they're really salty so whatever they do is going to be somehow um you know somewhat in spite of the british royal family but i'm actually excited for them how about you jd same i am excited i they moved to the united states right they're now in california i think yes yeah yep. So did they sell their place in Canada? Well, I think they were just renting it. And then renting. they then they moved into Tyler Perry's house. That's right. In California. Yeah. And then and they They've bought a house in Montecito. Yes. But I don't know how they afforded to buy a house that's like it's like eight million dollars. Because Montecito's were like Oprah yeah, has her right. big, yeah. big, big house and everything. And it's I, I heard a rumor that like, how do you get financing and a mortgage? Cause I, I don't think they paid cash for their $8 million house. Mm -hmm. Unless yeah, I don't know. Carl gave them money. I think they paid cash. You do? Oh, I, yeah. I don't. 
<laughs> but I don't know. But um, so, I mean, I think that they do need to make money, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Montecito. Mm-hmm. Girl. Mm-hmm. I mean – I heard Ellen DeGeneres lives in Montecito, and we know she's in need of some friends right now. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> she's had a rough. She, you know, what was it? Was it the end of 2016 where it was like every celebrity known to man was dying, you know, and no one was making it out unscathed? I think mm-hmm. it was 2016. And I feel like 20, 2020 is like, it's like everyone's reputation is being dragged through the mud, <laughs> you know? So maybe this will be an opportunity for Megan and Harry to rebound, you know? Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for them. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be interesting. Um, speaking of someone's reputation being drugged through the mud, some people have a lot of feelings about the what people have coined the Pelosi Salon scandal. Melissa, I know you have some thoughts on this one. I, where do I start? <laughs> okay, on one hand... Pelosi, she should know this is an election year. She should know not to give any kind of ammunition to the Republicans to come after her, right? And wearing masks is such a polarizing issue. I, you know, and this is all about optics, right? So on one hand, Pelosi should have been more careful, in my opinion. On the other hand, the hypocrisy is truly astounding here because the Republicans are freaking out that Pelosi went to the salon, didn't wear a mask while her hair was being washed. She was the only person in the salon. She said the salon said it was okay. They got approval to do that. Um, But Republicans are like freaking out about it. But these are like, this is the same political party that just had a convention with no social distancing and no masks. Um, This is a political party um, whose president just went to Kenosha, Wisconsin and told everybody to take off their masks, right? So I just, I don't, it's hard for me to follow the logic of why certain people are frustrated and upset about it when many of them also like don't really believe in masks and also don't think people should have to wear masks. Um, But yeah, I mean, Trump is having a field day with this. Fox News is having a field day with it. And I just, uh, the hypocrisy is deafening. But what do you guys think? Well, do you want me to go first, JD? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. You know, it's, I feel like, for especially the national Republicans, it's like, you know, it's like, who cares if you wear a mask, just hydroxychloroquine and chill, you know? I mean, really, I mean, that's basically what I feel like the messaging is. I mean, she should have known better, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. To me, it's not like, I don't live in San Francisco. I don't know their rules and regulations. I I don't really have too much to speak on the matter other than, other than obviously the optic of the optics of it are not great, you know, perception is reality. But by the same token, it's like, look, if you're the only person in a salon with one other person, spoiler alert, whether you have a mask or not, and you're in close contact, if the other person has coronavirus, even if you're wearing a mask, you're probably at a decent odds of getting it anyways. I, just a theory. I, I don't know. I just think like, if you're the only person in there, is it that big of a deal? I, to me, and I try to view things often, you know, like I try to take the partisan politics out of it and think, okay, what would I do if one person was in there not wearing a mask with a salon person? And if the salon person said it was fine, well, I kind of throw my hands up, you know, I, what are you supposed to do? I, mm-hmm. I think, I think we're still in this kind of brave new world of people generally trying to be as safe as they can, trying to make the best, best choices they can. But there is a lot of 
conflicting information. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emerging reports. We still don't fully, I think, understand how contagious this disease is. And if we do, I feel like it hasn't been properly communicated down from federal levels, but that's a whole other conversation. So I'm kind of like, to me, it's like, I think that this is one of those events where if you really don't like Nancy Pelosi, then this is only going to reinforce you not liking her. If you do like her, you're kind of going to go, well, probably wasn't great, but it's not a deal killer for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like this is just another opportunity for them to go after Nancy Pelosi. I mean, they they cannot make their political arguments without screaming Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but Melissa, I agree with you. You know, she has people, you know, around her. Someone in her circle should have said, maybe not such a good idea. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, inside the salon, you know, do you really want to wear a mask as you get your you know, hair washed, probably not, you know, and, and, you know, she was in transit from what I saw. So, you know, just like when you're, you know, inside, you know, people, we also don't know if she was recently tested, you know, so there's lots of stuff that's out that we don't know, but for me, it's just hard to see, you know, everyone lose their damn mind. Can I say that word? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Lose their damn mind over something like this. You know, they also, um, lost their mind when she had the the chocolate scandal um, in San Francisco as well. One chocolate scandal. She was like, I think she was um, visiting a chocolate store, like Ghirardelli or something. Yeah, same, same, same principle. So. Oh, gotcha. I always think. Um, first of all, have you, as a as an elected official, someone yes. who's run for office, have you ever been called um, um, a Nancy Pelosi spawn or a Nancy oh, Pelosi yeah. wannabe? I, yeah, <laughs> yes. a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. So, <laughs> which is funny because you serve in the state Senate, right? which is not the U.S. House of Representatives. No, no. and you would be surprised on how many people that do not know that. So I feel like, yes, I'm an elected official, but I'm also a high school government teacher mm-hmm. teaching basic yeah. civics. Yeah, and that and that goes, and when I interned at the legislature, and it is, I will say this, like, think about it. If you're your rank and file citizen and you're not interacting with the government, it is very confusing. It is. It absolutely. is. It is. So you you do have to, I totally, I totally get that. So yeah, we'll see. So I guess- I'm happy she's washing her hair. So you go. <laughs> can, can we talk about like the real takeaway from all of this? Her hair looks great. Right. And like <laughs> that, that stylist did a great job. But yeah, that stylist to get more Instagram followers. And that stylist is also sticking up for Nancy. I mean, can you ask for a better yeah. hairstylist? Someone that's gonna make your hair look great and stand up for you and defend you. That's amazing. Yep. Love it. I agree. Love it. So speaking of amazing, I want to talk about our amazing special guest co-star, our co-anchor today. (laughs) So I was so excited when I asked you and you were able to come and and join us on the, the podcast because one, you are, to me, you're like the embodiment of a good elected official because you are, you're a kind person, you're smart, He's funny. And, <laughs> and, you know, also you're the first ever openly gay mm-hmm. LGBT lawmaker in yep. the state of Indiana at the st- right. state level, um, state senator. And um, I don't know how long it had been, but you were the first Democrat to win a Republican state Senate seat in how many decades? Well, <laughs> 30, 30 years. 30 years. First Democrat wow. to represent Hamilton County, which is super red in wow. Indiana since 1912. Wow. That's crazy. So over 100 years. Yeah. 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 So he's kind of an icon. <laughs> to, me, to me, he's an icon. But but also, I think you do a really good job of representing your district, being a good person, listening. Yeah. You know, when I would go out canvassing with you, you know, 
we're not going to focus on your previous opponent because he's not your opponent anymore. But I wasn't wild about his previous opponent. But what was so nice about it is we don't have to talk about him because we have a great candidate that we can talk about instead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we can just focus on the positive. We don't even have to get go- – we don't have to have to go there. So you're an Aussie. So you are from Ohio. Right. Give us give us your brief bio if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, grew up northeast Ohio, um, Youngstown, uh, born and raised, uh, and then – Went to school at the University of Akron, go Zips. Um, And then my first job out of college was based out of Indianapolis. So I was a consultant, educational consultant for a men's fraternity. And then their office was located here in Indianapolis. And then I did a stint up in Northwest Indiana, (laughs) up in the region. Yep. So lived in Hammond for a couple of years. Loved Hammond. I, of all the places I lived in my entire life, I loved Hammond because there's like, there was something going on every single night. <laughs> you and know, y'all know what I mean because you are from the region. Oh, we know. And and I was going to say this during our Dancing with the Stars segment, but you know, Nellie performed um, at one of Tom McDermott's, like, is it like Hammond Summerfest or yeah, some Hammond? Something like that. Tom, the yeah. mayor of Hammond does like um, a concert like every year and gets like, like a C-list singer, rapper, artist to come. And he got Nellie to come and perform at Hammond, like, I think like five or six years ago. Did they do it like at the boats? They did it at the park. Oh, the What's park. the okay. park? There's some park. Maybe the park was in Munster. Okay. I don't know, but yeah. But anyway, so so you did a stint up in yeah. Northwest Indiana, then which came we love. Back to Indianapolis, um, and then just kind of put my roots down. Um, I'd been moving a lot for jobs and didn't want to move again, so uh, put my roots down here. And then I remembered when I was in school, I had a college professor say, you know, you need to look, find out what's going on in your community. Go to your local council meetings, go to the state house, watch a session. And I did that and found out that I won't say his name because it's not, <laughs> we don't need to do that. But he was my represent, my senator. Mm-hmm. My, it, he was my representation in the state senate. And I just was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, I just started going to meetings and, and talking to different people and asking who is going to, to do this? Who's going to run against him? We're gonna, we need to make him spend his money. We need to make him say more crazy things. <laughs> so, so he was the tweeter before our current, you know, commander in chief. Mm-hmm. So he would, you know, tweet out things uh, all the time. In fact, he was known for, going on a 24 hour tweet storm, uh, just sending out a bunch of tweets, being very hateful stuff. Great. Really, I don't want to say out of the C word crazy, but very um, out of this world, (laughs) interplanetary, space cadet level. Yes. And so I was like, we have to do something. And so that's, I decided that I was going to be the one to challenge him. Mm -hmm. So you did lose in 2014, very close election, but you narrowly lost. And then you picked yourself up. You dusted yourself right off. You ran again in 2018 and you won. I'm, I'm going to use the L word landslide. It was a big victory. Yeah. I, you said, uh, pick yourself, dust yourself. Isn't that the Republicans like to say to people, like, yeah. you need to pull yourself up by the bootstrap? <laughs> oh, I oh, did. You, you pulled everyone up by their bootstrap. <laughs> so, I mean, you I won did. by, did you win by how many thousands of, 10,000? It was close. Um, yeah, it was 30,000 votes to 23,000 votes. So yeah. about 7,000 votes. Yeah. Um, Which so is it was, huge. It was huge. And for a midterm election. Yeah. Uh, and, and, we that's my my main message is just get out there and vote mm-hmm. check your registration status and just go vote i don't even care who you vote for mm-hmm. just make sure you participate this november perfect so we did want to ask um 
So for those of you who don't know, Melissa and I were pages our senior year of high school uh-huh. at the State House of Representatives. <laughs> we drove What down- year was that? Oh, gosh. Uh, 2007? Yeah, 2006 or 2007. We, like, drove down. I think we crashed at my brother's apartment. Yeah. And then we went into the State House, and we um, we interned for our local state representative, Bob Kuzman, who is no longer at the State House. I think he might be a lobbyist now. I'm not sure. Or he was for a period of time. But um. so we... My favorite thing that Melissa did was we were we could ask him any question. No, this is good, Melissa. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so we, we when you asked you asked Bob Kuzman who his um, Republican nemesis was. On the- uh, okay, I do not remember asking that question, but it is very unbrand for me. So I'm not <laughs> no, it was. You go, who's your Republican nemesis? And without missing a beat, this is back when the Democrats had the majority in the mm. House. And he he turned, he looked at that whole side of the um, of the House floor, and he goes, all of them. <laughs> Do you remember that, Melissa? I don't, but I love that I started that drama. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. So with that, I'm not going to ask you your nemesis because, you know, we, we all need friends these days. We do. But who are some of your best Who are some of your best friends, at the, at other lawmakers, either in the House, Senate, and, and, and why? Yeah. So I, I think, like you said, this business is relationship building. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I make it a point to go – and walk over to the other side and have conversations with them. I love state Senator Sue Glick. Mm-hmm. Love her to pieces. She was in a tough primary challenge this May. And so I was glad to see her pull it through. Um, and one, she's a conservative Republican. She's a conservative Republican from Northeast Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't think that she and I would have anything in common, but other we, than your haircut, well, <laughs> <laughs> was that, that, that was me. I'm sorry that I shouldn't have said that. That was me. She has a very short, Cut, but she's, she's, I've heard really good things about yeah, her. Yeah, she's terrific. And um, and I watched her eviscerate one of my other Republican colleagues at the microphone because he tried to go after her and she tore him into, into pieces. Oh so I get along with her. I also, uh, State Senator Chris Garten from down south, mm-hmm. he and I were elected the same year. Um, you cannot get two farther polar people mm-hmm. than, I mean, I'm over here and he's over mm-hmm. here. Um, and so, but because we're both the same age and we have both, uh, made a pact with each other to not let politics get in between our friendship. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So because the very first day we had breakfast during our freshman new legislator Uh training, um, and we just said, this place is going to get ugly and we don't want that to impact. And so we actually spent the very, you know, that very first breakfast just talking about, you know, family and, you know, vacation plans. We hadn't talked anything about um, politics. And because, you know, in that session, we like, I was just came off a very brutal campaign. So Mm -hmm. I was still in the headspace of don't trust them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I needed to shift gears because you have to, you have to work with them. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, Can I talk about one person who I just absolutely can't stand and I don't (laughs) mind saying this because, um, did y'all, I don't know if, if you saw, but um, State Representative Jim Lucas from Seymour. Oh, this is like, just to give you an idea, Melissa, this guy is crazy. Is like, because here's the thing, like, there's like, you know, like, it's one thing to be a conservative Republican. It's one thing to be a liberal Democrat. 
this person is a, I'm just going to say it. You don't have to say it. Social media troll. Yeah, he, I would agree with that. <laughs> he is a troll. <laughs> but then he comes at it from the, you know, he'll post something controversial and then say, oh, I don't know how to work Facebook. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know it was going to take off this way. I mean, he'll post things that are blatantly, I'm going to use the R word, racist. Yeah. Blatantly racist and completely inappropriate. And called for it. And then uh, as you were saying, Melissa, about how the mask mandate's been so political, he put a pair of pantyhose over his face and that was his mask. So you can see how he, you know, really just is one of those folks that you just like, oh, I have to work with him. Ugh. But yeah. Oh, gosh. So. Crazy. Um, I was curious. So your district, as we talked about, is um, like Southern Hamilton County, yep. a little bit of um, what's that other county? Boone. Boone County for Zionsville and then the west side of Indy. What are some of your like, I'm always curious, like what are your favorite like restaurants, businesses? Cause there's yeah. a lot of, the west side has a lot of flavor. It does. And you live on the west side yep, of Indy. I do. Yeah, if, if you haven't been over to the international marketplace on the, on the west side, definitely go there. You can find food from more than a hundred different countries. Um, it's not located in my Senate district, just a little bit outside, but that would be one place I would suggest mm -hmm. people go. I love Rick's Boatyard Cafe. Sitting out there on the patio, you can, you know, watch the sun go down and have a cocktail. Um, Bub's Burger has been a huge, you know, uh, in the district. You've been both in Zionsville and Carmel now. Um, Food Network. It's been like featured everywhere. Yeah. You get the big Bub's Burger. You, if you eat it successfully, you get your picture on the wall. So it's very, <laughs> what was that movie? But it's like, you know, John Candy was in there. The Great Outdoors. Oh, The Great Outdoors. Yeah, where he had to like eat that hamburger and then, yeah. So, um, but those are some of my favorite places to go. But really anywhere in Zionsville, um, in Carmel, my favorite, uh, my favorite like fancy place to go mm. uh, is Divi. Um, oh. So it's like small plates. Um, this is like, it's really cute. You would you would like it, Melissa. Divi's like um, small plates, yeah. real cute concept, local. It's it's like it's like the spot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's the spot. So um, go ahead. I, I, I have a few questions. So sure. we've, we've, we've talked about social media quite a bit. Um, one of my questions is, do you write all of your own tweets or do you have a ghostwriter that helps you with the content? Good question. So yeah, it's, so it's a hybrid. I, I am assigned a press secretary. Um, and so his job is to generate the social media content um, as well as press releases and op-eds. Um, I try to do it and then have him like edit it or sometimes he'll write it and then I'll add my flavor to it. Mm -hmm. um, but particularly the social media, I really like to use my platforms yeah. to really engage with people. And so uh, it'll be a combination of, of both he and I doing that. Okay. Um, and you're one of the few people I know personally that has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> did you create that for yourself or did someone else create it for you? I, not, I can honestly say I did not create that. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll be making an update to it saying that on this date, you were a guest. On this <laughs> he shared with us his honest opinions about Anne Heche. Okay. That counts for something. That is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a new section on your Wikipedia page. There's like, uh, you know, personal life. Um, Media right? portrayals. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm excited for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. What did you have any other questions, Melissa? 
Um, I think that was it. But I, oh my gosh, JD, I loved hearing, um, I loved hearing about other folks in the state Senate. I loved hearing about how you work with them. Um, And I love what you're doing for your community. You're so involved and it's so obvious that, um, you know, you take this really seriously and you really care about all of your constituents. So that's awesome. So, and I just want to briefly touch on two kind of final questions. So the first is if folks, especially here in like central Indiana, wanted to get involved in some good competitive state Senate races, what are some, because obviously, because right now the Republicans, Democrats are in a little bit of a hole. No offense, my words. Oh, I know. It's, it's a, it's a 50 member chamber, our state Senate here. And it's, there's 10 Democrats Mm -hmm. and 40 Republicans. (laughs) So there's room to grow. There is room (laughs) to grow. So are there some, some races that you're kind of, because think about it. He's the first Democrat to flip a Republican seat. You said in 30 30 years, years, in 30 years. So are there any, um, are there any kind of campaigns you're helping out on or yeah. talking? What would those be? Absolutely. So um, my friend Pete Cowden is running for the state Senate district 35. Mm-hmm. So that's the Western side speedway Plainfield, um, And he's got a really good shot. So he is def- uh, challenging uh, in the incumbent state Senator Mike young, who's kind of out there, right? He, yeah. He's, he's been there for a long time. He's very, very yeah. creative. <laughs> okay. I, I never thought I would say this, but it's honestly, it sounds like most of these Republicans would be like really fun to go to a party with. Like, I don't want them to represent me in any way, but they all just seem so wild and crazy with like the craziest opinions that like they would be fun to be at a party with. I mean, I, I bet it's really fun. I bet. And this is my word. So don't attribute this to JD. I feel like it is fun for a short period of time. And then it's like you, you wake up and you're hung over and you're still at the party, you know, and you're like, Oh shoot, we're here through the rest of session. So like, I bet like the first week is fun. And then after a while you're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. I'm really hung over. I need to go home and have like, have like a McDouble, a large fry, (laughs) a Coke. So anyway, so, so Pete Cowden. Yeah. So Pete Cowden, um, my friend Ashley Eason, who's running in district 36, that's like the fountain square area. Mm -hmm. And then she's got like a little sliver of Johnson County, which is, I mean, come on when they drew the maps in 2010, they're like, okay, this is exquisitely gerrymandered. Yes. (laughs) This is very democratic. So let's shoot a little land down into Johnson County, which we know is typically Republican. And then, um, my good friend Fatty Kador, who's mm-hmm. running uh, in District tw- District Thirty, excuse me, um, and that covers a little bit, little bit of Carmel, but he's got the broad Ripple area. And that district is interesting because didn't it go like double digits for Hillary Clinton? It did. But they also reelected reelected their Republican state senator. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think that that's probably a top a top pickup opportunity. I think so too. And he's, I'm sure raising a ton of money. Fadi. Yeah. 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 I, fun fact, I interned with Fadi when I interned at the state house, oh, he yeah. was a house democratic intern. Okay. The same session. I have not talked to him since. <laughs> that's not a slight, that's not too rude. I just, we just haven't crossed paths. Um, you know, his trajectory is he became what, like the city comptroller. Mm. He did all this great stuff and I'm here as co-host of the popular vote. So <laughs> honestly, we're both winning at our own, you know, at our own um, games. That's right. That's right. Teach their own, right? Yeah, teach their own. Yeah. So awesome. So, and then my other question is, is what kind of, for this upcoming session, cause you're in the middle of your mandate cause you serve a four year term. So you were right. just elected a couple of years ago and you've got two more years left before, before a possible reelection run. I hope you announced it on our show. Well, <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> well, feel free to come back, you know, when you're ready to announce. Yeah. Um, but my question is, is what are, 
you know, obviously I'm sure there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of budget cuts. There's going to be yeah. all sorts of stuff. What are some of your priorities for the upcoming session? Yeah. So go, going back to your, your comments about the mandate, I, I felt like AOC and I really connected on a very deep level because she said something that was very striking to me. She said, it really wasn't until I won my second term that I really felt like I deserved to be here. Mm -hmm. And I hear that from my Republican colleagues all the time, or just people in general, or just, you know, people out there, they'll say like, oh, well, you know, you, you just won me. That's really a fluke. You know, you just caught a good wave, but you're not going to be there for very long. So I feel like when I'm there, when I'm reelected for my second term, mm -hmm. then I will really kind of feel connected to AOC. So, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, priorities for me, uh, the 5G issue has been a huge issue in my district. So just wait, like 5G towers causing yeah, COVID. Well, not necessarily COVID. <laughs> just I don't actually believe that for the record. <laughs> just people are upset about, I mean, people understand that we've got to build our, our 5G infrastructure, mm. but they don't understand why their front yard is being torn up with no notice. Mm. And so, uh, so that's a huge issue. You know, I, I think, everything that's going on in the country right now with the police reform stuff. I, I know that we'll have some, some bills to talk about that. But I think the main thing for me is the police reform and the COVID, you know, response, mm -hmm. making sure we get people back into whole again. Mm -hmm. You know, this is really done on number. I still get phone calls and emails to the office about mm -hmm. folks just needing help. Mm -hmm. So, and we're right now we're sitting on $1.4 billion and we're just holding on to it. So I would love to see us get that out the door and get it into the hands of Hoosiers that desperately need it. That's so wild. That's so crazy. But um, we are so happy that you were able to come here today. Yes. We, we love what I, I always tell people, you know, my friend J.D. Ford, he's the good, he's the good state senator, you know, because it's like sometimes, especially being, uh, Melissa's obviously in Chicago. She's blessed. Okay. She's blessed to yeah. have an amazing alderman, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. We are on a first name basis. Right. She's, she's blessed to have amazing aldermen, amazing, you know, champions of progressive politics. And so, and here it's like, you know, we, we definitely have some progressive champions. Um, we had, you know, before you, we had, um, Senator Bro, Senator Taylor, and now we've got, you know, Senator Ford, hopefully, um, hopefully Senator Cowden, Senator yeah. Eason, Senator Kador, some other, you know, rising stars in the party. But, yep. um, but I always say, you know, my friend JD Ford, he's he's a state senator and he's he's pretty great. Like I can't tell you how many times I'm always like, you know, he's he's pretty awesome actually. So um, so we'll, we'll wrap up with. So um, I'm sure you already know this JD because I know you're a loyal listener of the pod. I but, am. <laughs> but we do we finish up every week with our losers and our legends for the week. And so we'll go ahead and start with Melissa. Then we'll go to me for. And you just want to do losers and legends? Yeah, let's run through both of them. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to start with my loser of the week, um, and that is Jay Cutler, who is a football player. I have I don't watch football. I just know he lived in Chicago because he played for the Bears for a hot minute. I don't think people liked him. I don't think he was very good. Um, but he used to be married to Kristen Cavallari, who is the most boring person in the world. Uh, they are getting a divorce. And the reason he's my loser of this week in particular is because he is allegedly dating Tommy Laren, who Ugh. is who is a ah oh gosh, how would you describe her? A, a right wing media troll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just she's just she's not she doesn't 
you know, there are people who contribute to the political discourse and there are people who throw bombs. She's a bomb thrower. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also very different from Kristen because I feel like Kristen is just – the reason why she's insufferable is because she's just so boring and she's no personality. Mm-hmm. Tommy's the opposite. Like, Tommy is still insufferable, but she has too much personality and, like, she's, like, too much no. – too many terrible opinions. But anyway, he's my loser of the week. Um, my legend of the week is someone that I think – really agrees with JD um, and that he is also a huge proponent of everyone going out to vote, um, regardless of who they're voting for. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is my legend of the week because he was talking about how, um, you know, a lot of polling locations are um, going to be closed for this upcoming election. Um, and this was something that he posted on his Facebook account. I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm a fanatic about voting. Most people call closing polls voter suppression. Some say it is budgetary. What if I made it easy and solve the budgetary issue? How much would it cost to reopen polling places? Um, and then he offered to provide any dollars needed to get polling locations opened if the true problem was budgetary. But we all know that's not really the issue. So um, it never is. <laughs> so I'm curious to see kind of what happens with this. Um, but good on Arnold. I feel this is the second time, I think this month, that Arnold has been my legend of the week. Um, one of the very few Republicans that I think is a huge proponent of making it easier to vote. Um, and he's just like, he's just really shine lately. I'm a big fan of him. He's he's a good government advocate. He mm-hmm. was one of the big people who was a who was a reformer for um, gerrymandering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's who got California their independent commission, which mm-hmm. We're heading into a redistricting uh, session, uh, no. so no. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. No. <laughs> so my loser of the week is, um, and I hate to say this because I love Brad Pitt, but it's Brad Pitt. Um, Brad Pitt was photographed with this lady, I think either in Italy or I don't even, I, I honestly wasn't paying attention to the whole story, but apparently she's like married with a family. Um <laughs> And he's not fully separated from Angelina Jolie, which I don't even know how that divorce is still ongoing at this point. At this point, it's longer than like, I don't even know. It's like, it's never, it's the never ending story of our generation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because I feel like they filed for separation in like 2016, right? Yeah, it's been a while. So my loser of the week is Brad Pitt. I don't know what's going on. I think we all want him to get back with Jennifer Aniston, but we don't really want Jen to accept him. I don't even know what's going on. So my loser of the week is Brad Pitt. My legend of the week. So I know this has been the bombshell reporting from the Atlantic about, about President Trump refusing to go to a American service member cemetery over, I believe in France when he was over there, I think in 2018, he refused to go. He said it was like a weather issue, but he actually, apparently this was the reporting that they reported. Allegedly, we didn't corroborate it here that he referred to service members who died in combat as losers and suckers pretty much. And so my legends of the week are the individuals, the Marines of the battle of Bellu woods of world war one. It's an awesome story. They have a Wikipedia page, go and read about them. There were over 1,800, I think 1,811 service members, American service members that died over there. They fought bravely, they fought valiantly, and they basically stopped the Axis forces from getting under French uh, territory lines. 
So they really provided a huge, they fought for like a week or two. I mean, it's really, if you read about it, it really is heroic. And it really is, I'm gonna say legendary. So they are my <laughs> legends of the week. My, uh, I would say my legendary of the week. Um, and I think it just happened this morning uh, is the passing of Gene Wilder. So everyone knows him from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So uh, sad to see him go, um, but he is a legend of his own right. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, think about Willy Wonka and everything mm -hmm. that movie has really kind of given to us as kids. Mm -hmm. um, oh my God, the Oompa Loompas. The Oompa Loompas, um, <laughs> uh, Baruga, um, yes. you know, and the greed, but also taking care of your family mm -hmm. and, you know, um, you know, really working hard and trying to do the right thing. So, so definitely Gene Wilder, um, a great actor. My losers of the week are all of the Trumpers that had their boats sink to the bottom of the My God. <laughs> I mean, let's just leave it at that, right? I mean, that's just really hopefully a metaphor mm -hmm. for what, what is about to come this November. You know, because there were like four boats that sank, which I hope no one was injured. Yeah, no one, I hope no one was injured. Um, you know, there were some distressing calls to the sheriff's office, mm -hmm. but, you know. <sighs> Twitter was referring to that incident as dumb Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh well um uh, just just real quick so a recurring theme on the show is that i have no idea when people uh have passed away or um i think they passed away but they haven't or vice versa i thought gene wilder passed away years ago am i making that Did up he die a while ago i thought it was today do, um, we need to verify. Do this. we need to do Google yes, Google Detective? To, but 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 we've both. I feel like at different points, Melissa and I both have done this. So I, yeah. So um, so if you were to ask me, who do I think is right? I would absolutely about when Gene Wilder passed away. I would absolutely say JD because I have a terrible track record of saying people mm -hmm. haven't passed away, but they have. I I just looked on Wikipedia. Gene Wilder, whose real name is Jerome. Silberman passed away August 29th, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 JD, you're in good company. You're in good company. That's hilarious. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was his um, anniversary. His anniversary. And yeah. the thing with this is that for years when I had an Instagram and a Facebook personal account, I would troll and I would repost the Betty White, not Betty White. Um, Oh, no, God. She's definitely alive. She's definitely alive. <laughs> no, not Betty White, but the, oh, Rue, Rue, Rue McClanahan, McClanahan, because she, that had been a viral sensation for years that Rue McClanahan keeps dying. <laughs> and I, do you remember that? Yes. So, anyway, so. So I'm with you, Melissa. Apparently, I need to. Yeah. Because you once, you once, um, you, you raised um, Dean White from the dead, right, Melissa? <laughs> Because she goes, she goes, how did Dean White get his money? I feel like there's something to explore there. And I was like, Melissa, I'm pretty sure Dean White's died several years. Yeah, and I was talking about, like, how, how, why haven't we heard from Dean White in a while? Like, <laughs> we need to dig into this. And then James brought up that he's been dead for many years. With, with yes, the, the money and the hotels. And, okay, gotcha. and, yeah, 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 in, yeah. yeah. That's why you haven't heard from him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a great episode. I'm so glad, you know, not only are you the first openly LGBT state lawmaker, the first Democrat to represent Hamilton County in over 100 years. You're yeah. the first Democrat to flip a Republican seat in 30 plus years. You're now our first ever special guest star co-host of the popular vote. I love it. 
So, that will be added to his Wikipedia, Wikipedia page at any second now. <laughs> any second. It could be there. It could be there. All right. Well, I had a great time today. Thank you so much you again are for so joining welcome. us. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, JD. Yeah. All right. Everyone have a great week. Bye. Bye.